0: This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: Okay, welcome to the show. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, all of our great ESPN stations across the country. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Alone, Michelle Smallman, all Valentineed out. Right, she got the memo. I'm here. She understood I'm ready. the assignment and she executed. It's the day of love. Chris Janzie, Evan Cohen. Which we which did not understand the assignment. No, obviously. no,
2: we're the Kyle Shanahan's of Valentine's Day.
1: <laughs> I'm worrying about the third Valentine's Day. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> <This laughs> the first one. I can't worry about this yet. I'll be all black and gray. Like, CeCe. we're good. Like, we don't need to wear the pink and the red. We're worrying about three years from now. That's what we're doing. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I'm just saying. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody? Okay. You doing pretty good. Yeah, okay. yeah. You're we're
3: running good. a little late today. <laughs> yeah. We're here. We we're having we made a good it. conversation. We made
1: Good Valentine's Day conversation
2: in the makeup room. Care to share? Uh, no. It's okay. Not, it's not for air. <laughs> It's not it's not for public
1: consumption. <laughs> but,
2: but we got sidetracked. And when uh, we do on Sportsman Like After Dark, we can include those yeah, conversations. Yeah, uh-huh, there you uh-huh. go.
1: All right. Anyway. Um so we were waiting for something. Uh, And we got it. We were waiting for Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, of course, to speak to the media, post all of the drama around what we heard around the overtime decision making in the Super Bowl. And we wanted to know what the fallout was going to be with Shanahan. So uh, let's take a listen. First off on the players not knowing the new playoff rule, the new overtime rules in the playoffs. Excuse me.
4: We did say, I and mean, we told everyone as we were waiting for the coin toss, hey, review everyone with them, make sure they're sure before we go out. So we asked the position coach to do that. But I didn't cover it in a meeting on the Super Bowl week. I don't think that changes anything. Um, we did it with our analytics department. We decided that going into the playoffs, what you know, I think you guys know how I've explained how I make decisions with that stuff in the past. I take all the information I can get, um, especially ones I haven't been in, and. Um, Ariana looked felt that was the best way to go but as you guys know I don't always just go with that uh, I take into account what they say what they think is right and then I go off my gut in the heat of battle and I knew what they felt going into it and when I think about that during the moments I have to make the decision I think the type of game it was did match what they felt was the best way to do it did seem more like a field goal game um, and our defense had been out there for a real long time right before that so uh, it was no, I didn't feel at all to override that at the time
0: you're right?
2: No,
4: I'm not. All right. Can you,
2: can you see the steam coming <laughs> out of my ears? Yeah.
1: I was going to go to another piece of sound, but now I'm just like, let him go. No, don't, don't
2: give me another piece of sound because I, I hate this about analytics, right? Coaches use this as a crutch to defend decisions that don't work out. And it's clear and obvious that you made the wrong choice. And here's the problem with con- consulting with your analytics department and basing it off of their models, what you're going to do in overtime. We haven't seen this in the playoffs in the last couple of years Thank since they you. changed the rule. Quite literally, you don't have any information to base your model off of. So whatever football philosophy you come up with based on the analytics, it ain't going to work. And here's the thing, Smalls, for the life of me, I still don't understand the rationale for taking the ball first. Now, I was on Get Up yesterday, and Dominique Foxworth and Dan Graziano, they were trying to convince me that there is some kind of rationale for taking the ball first. I have yet to find An angle where it actually makes sense to take the ball first in overtime when there is no absolution that can happen regardless of what you do on that possession.
3: Yeah, what was their rationale behind that?
2: No, they just kept saying that there was a rationale. Oh. It's out there. It's it, it, it's it's there it's in the analytics. <laughs> it's it, 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 it's it's in the numbers. It, there's some kind of rationale, okay, okay. but nobody can explain to me what it is. Nobody can tell me what it is.
1: So I, I got to be honest. I had a moment. I had a moment last night. I'm working on my notes, which of course I'm a psychopath and handwrite everything. Still in 2024, I'm normal. Um, and I I hear this sound, and I'm doing my notes on it, and I wrote something down, and I had this moment of like. I'm really dumb because there's no way I could be right about this. And then you just said what I I was thinking, so I must be right. How do they have numbers on something that's never happened? How can you have analytics? That's like saying on September 4th, the day before we started the show, here's the analytics on how unsportsmanlike is going to go. Yeah. How would you know? (laughs) We never did a show. You You could use other situations, but you've never had the three of us in a situation. It's it's. How do you do that? I, I, I literally thought I must be going. I know I'm not Kyle Juszczyk and didn't graduate Harvard, <laughs> but how do you use analytics on something that's never happened? 0% of the time, 0% happens. It's never, we've never seen it before. Also, that so I am right about this. You are right yeah. about okay. it. Okay. I, mean, uh,
2: I was uh, losing listen, it last night. Uh, if you're wrong, we're both wrong. I I've don't I'm seeing it the same way you're seeing it.
3: Also, it doesn't explain why the players weren't aware of the rules. Whatever analytics or whatever model you're looking at, then why aren't your players prepared and knowing the rules and the potential overtime situations that could arise? That There's still no answer for that.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, basically he abdicated his responsibilities as a head coach in saying, I'm putting the onus on the position coaches to explain it to the players, a refresher, quote-unquote, right before we go out on the field for the first possession of overtime. That's
3: not enough. What? Mm-mm.
2: You had two weeks to get ready for this game. I I don't understand how you can delegate that responsibility with the stakes being what they are. If nothing else, you're going to huddle Brock Purdy and the offense together, all 11 guys, and say, hey, fellas, this is what we got. These are the overtime rules. We got to go out here and treat this you know, however we want to treat based on our philosophy. But this is going to be our approach. This is what we got to get done. And we know that Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to get an opportunity to possess the ball no matter what we do. Now, I get people are saying, well, it doesn't necessarily change anything with the 49ers players approach. There's no material difference. To that, I would say what we saw with the players not being aware of that situation is a microcosm of a bigger issue that the 49ers face, which is the team not being as prepared as the Kansas City Chiefs. Because when we heard everybody from that KC locker room talk about the situation, they said, yeah, we knew exactly what we were going to do. We, we were going to kick if we won the coin toss, and if we didn't and we were going to go down and score, we were going for two. The game was going to end there. We weren't going to play for the third possession, which would be sudden death, because we didn't want the game to be out of our hands. Right. That, that was their approach. They all knew it. They talked about it throughout the course of, offseason, training camp, and the regular season, not to mention the postseason the last several weeks. So I, I just I don't understand how Kyle Shanahan can try to justify his decision in hindsight. We're 48 hours removed from it, so that, that part of it is just absolutely egregious, but then can try to use his assistant coaches for cover for his players not
1: knowing the situation. But wait, there's more. Here's Shanahan on relying on the analytics to make that decision
4: analytic decisions are made on a piece of paper so you can read that and understand math um and what they think about going off that but that's why I, but i always make it in a heat of battle with that information and i mean if it was like the super bowl the year before the one that seemed more like a shootout i think i might have felt a little bit differently um but having that information going in and the way ours was going i didn't feel differently i felt accurate with what they had recommended
1: I'm just trying to understand. So this rule was instituted two years ago. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Okay, so last year's Super Bowl between Kansas City and Philadelphia did not go to overtime. Mm -hmm. Did any playoff games last year go to overtime? I don't believe so. And no playoff games this year went to overtime? No. So this has happened zero times? Yeah. So the analytics department, we're relying on our evidence of zero that this has ever happened. Yeah. What are we talking
3: about exactly? Projecting, I guess. Simulations. How? I don't
2: know.
1: I mean, seriously, how do you do that? That's I, like I don't know. I I, I don't understand. I how was that told happens. there
2: would be no math in this show.
1: But again, I keep giving <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I keep giving stupid examples. But Smalls pitchers and catchers report today. Okay, what would a what would a lineup look like if only eight guys batted instead of nine? We, we don't. We've never had that. Yeah, no clue. <laughs> right. So how do we? I, I, I literally don't understand what he's talking about. What analytics is he talking about right now? And this is the thing that I'm very confused about because he added to the story yesterday. He actually made it worse. If he just sit there and said, listen, this is on me. It's my job to put our players in the best positions to succeed, to tell them everything, to teach them everything, to coach them up as best as I can, to motivate them as best as I can, and to put them in a spot to win and make the right decisions to win. And I didn't do that on Sunday. This one is on me. And I've apologized to my players and none of them deserve any blame. This one's on me. Well, we got really very little to talk about at that point. When he's saying he, his position coaches were supposed to talk to the guys and he didn't have a conversation with them prior to this uh, – about this, you're relying on analytics when nothing has actually happened. Now, John Lynch, the general manager, gave a reason or an excuse, however you want to look at it, as to why they took the ball first in overtime. This one makes a little bit more sense that maybe than Shanahan's, but still probably not an acceptable answer For somebody over here who played 11 years in the NFL and won a Super Bowl, let's listen to Lynch.
5: Some other context, I believe we just closed, I think it was 11 play drive that we just closed the game with. And when you're playing Mahomes, you're chasing them a lot, you know, so there's a lot of effort that's expended. I think, you know, the context from there is you you need some time to get fresh. And so all those things play into it. And and those, those were sound decisions. Hey,
2: football nerd, let me try to save you from yourself and let me give a practical example uh, or or a practical reason as to why it makes sense to take the ball and put your offense on the field. Your defense was tired. Let's go with that one. Your defense was tired. John Lynch played, Hall of Fame played. Like, John Lynch understands the heat of battle and understands the ebb and flow in complementary football. So maybe this could actually serve as a defense. If Kyle Shanahan didn't open his mouth right after the Super Bowl and tell us that he was playing for the third possession, like in that moment where you're vulnerable when your emotions are still raw, you're going to give us the truth, right, Ev? Like you're going to tell us exactly what was on your mind, or say nothing, or say nothing. But he gave us something, right? He and did. what he gave us doesn't make sense. He gave us the excuse of planning for the third possession, which is not guaranteed to happen. And based on what we heard from the Kansas City Chief camp, it was never going to happen. It was only going to be a two-possession overtime. And that's based on the rules guaranteeing each team a, a, a drive. So that that's what it was going to be, regardless of what happened, whether you kicked or received. Under those circumstances, it makes no sense. It makes no sense to take the ball first. There is no absolution in the first drive
1: of overtime. But analytics of something that's never happened told them to do so. Yeah, but that, how does that make sense? Though I don't understand exactly. There's and no, I don't think there was a playoff game last year after the rules. were No, there was. I'm sorry, was I, an just, I, just, game. I just went back and checked. Yeah, there was no there, overtime. There's no overtime. And even if there was, are we going to do analytics based on one game? It's not enough of a sample but that, size. But that's
2: the—that's the, the flaw in his thinking. But I just here's the part that scares me. Yeah, it's not. It's, there's no. Listen, it's a bad mistake, and you got to mend fences with the guys in your locker room, the people in your organization. What becomes dangerous is. You double down on it. Mm-hmm. Like, that, like it's one thing to make a mistake. Everybody messes up. Mm-hmm. But but to be in denial about your mistake, to not want to acknowledge it, and furthermore, to throw your position coaches under the bus, your assistants, I'm going to throw them under the bus. They were the ones that were supposed <laughs> to tell the players when it's clear and obvious that the players didn't know. I told them, my coaches, my lieutenants, hey, you guys do it, even though that's a head coach responsibility when it comes to strategy.
3: Yeah, but they also didn't do it, so that's a reflection on you.
2: Exactly. They're your guys.
3: Either way, it Either all comes way, back it to comes you. comes back to you. So I didn't think that was a smart approach.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I could say we ended there, but Kyle Shanahan also doubled down on another take about him being a big game coach. He's never won a Super Bowl, yet he's a big game coach. We'll get to that next. It's on Sportsman Life presented by Progressive Insurance. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at
6: LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do.
0: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. One year from now, we're going to be talking about Kyle Shanahan potentially getting fired. They haven't won a
2: title in 29 years. Like, that's hard to say, but it's true. They've gotten there. They haven't won a title
5: in 29 years, and that's not what the 49ers are about. There is not a coach whose name is not Andy Reid mm-hmm. who's having more consistent success in the NFL right now than Kyle Shanahan, and the San Francisco 49ers are glad to have him. It's just kind of unfortunate that who they went against, but yeah, I have full confidence in Shanahan.
1: You know what's interesting about what Graz, Dan Graziano, had to say there? Hmm. And I heard this on Center all night with Jay Reynolds coming into our show. Do you know that since Kyle Shanahan has been the head coach of the Niners, I want to say it's seven years, they have the sixth most wins in the NFL? I would have mm-hmm. thought they were first or second. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. They have the sixth. Like, he's great. But but maybe we've overstated the greatness by an inch or two. And what Chris Carlin, Carlin versus Joe, noon until 3 Eastern here on ESPN Radio said is what we started to say yesterday as well. Like, we're not that far away from the Niners and Shanahan saying this has been an amazing run. But maybe we go Andy Reid Philly style, and you go somewhere else and win it, and we bring somewhere else in here and win it. And that's kind of where it goes. On like presented by Progressive Insurance, drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Okay, so we know the overtime decisions. We've discussed that a ton. But now Kyle Shanahan has 28-3 as the offensive coordinator on his resume. He has a blown 10-point lead against the uh, Chiefs the first time in the Super Bowl. And now he's got a blown 10-point lead against the Chiefs the second time in the Super Bowl. And... He's a big-game big, co- big game coach, maybe, Coach Shannon?
4: I mean, you'd love to fix perception because I would love to win one for what I know about football and stuff, and I know if I fix perception, that means I did everything I wanted to do, which isn't fix perception. It's win a damn Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> but I also know, like, when you say big games, like – We've got to win a bunch of big games to get to Super Bowls. We've won a lot of big games here. Uh, we've won a lot of big games to get into playoffs. Um, the fact that we keep getting there shows you guys how, many, how much we've been game, win games or big games, and I think you guys are aware of that. But it's, you know, these two Super Bowls have been tough losing to Kansas City. But to think that if, if we win that, that means I can win a big game. No, that means our team won the Super Bowl. That's what that's what I understand. You guys can have any narrative you want, but like the success or the failure, uh, it comes down to one game. And I hope that I can be a part of a team that wins a game at the end of the year. But to say that the Niners can't win a big game would be an extremely inaccurate statement.
1: Okay, so a couple things on this. First of all, he's not wrong about everything he said there. They have won a lot of big games. (laughs) <clears throat> if it were me and I was sitting there after losing a Super Bowl again, I would not lean into the fact that my team or myself, I would be considered a big game anything. I would just say 0-2 oh, in the Super Bowl.
2: Why, why are you even answering the question? Though I, I agree. Like, that, that's the part where you're going to find yourself on the losing side of it. That's a setup. Like, Do you think you can win the big game? Until we pre- Ask me. Let's play it out. Well, well, uh, well uh, Here's the thing. Uh, before we do that, yeah, yeah. I want to say this. Until you actually do it, then there's always going to be that question. And that's the nature of the business, which yeah. is okay. So, I mean, if I'm asking you the yeah, question, a role play here. Hey, hey, Kyle, do you think you can win the big game?
1: Haven't yet. We're 0 2 as a team in the Super Bowl. We need to do this.
2: That's it. It's that simple. You shut it down. Not I. We. Every. Exactly. Exactly. You act like you speak in French. You say we, but it's just. <laughs> it felt like a lot of I in terms of Kyle Shanahan. Right. We have, trying to trying to find some wiggle room as to. You know why you know this team hasn't had success, and who exactly there is to blame for that. Like that's what it felt like the entire press yeah, I'm conference. not giving you ammo with having his wingman John Lynch up there alongside him. It felt like that was the backup because Kyle knew that the bullets were coming. And my thing is this: don't hide from it. There's a reason why we have the adage in the NFL: players win games, coaches lose games. Mm-hmm. It, just wear the L, bro. Just wear the L. It's it's what it is. It's the nature of the business. The head coach is going to get blamed when things go wrong. That's, that's where people turn to first. It's a part of the gig. It's a part of the job responsibility. So I don't understand why he's sitting here trying to deflect and why he's trying to spin when we all know the results of the game, which is your team wasn't good enough. And a big part as to why your team didn't have success had to do with some all-time coaching gas that you had. Whether you want to talk about not using the timeouts on the other side of the two minute, right before the end of the first half where you let Kansas city bleed the clock before a field goal. If you want to talk about the opening drives in the second half where you had three straight three and outs, including Brock Purdy dropping back the throw on eight of nine of those plays. I, I just, or you want to talk about the overtime decision either way. All of those things fall on you as the head coach. So don't try to deflect when it comes to the blame, game because the buck stops with you.
3: And he's not wrong in saying that they have won some pretty important games. Obviously, getting to the Super Bowl is an accomplishment in itself. But when you've fallen short yet again in the Super Bowl, I don't think saying we've won big games is going to serve you at all. Like, to me, even whether he meant it to or not, it's almost saying, like, we've accomplished a lot.
2: Yeah, and That's you, what it sounds like. And you
3: should be saying, we have not accomplished what we wanted to. Yeah. Like, he's almost trying to defend himself and defend the record by saying, we have won a lot of big games to get here in a roundabout way. But the only thing the fans want to hear, and frankly, that your players probably want to hear in that moment, is we didn't get the job done. And we're going to make sure when we get back here, we're going to get it done next time.
2: Yeah, we accomplished a lot. Just not as much as the Los Angeles Rams who happen to reside in our division with Sean McVay, their head coach. Right. I Sean Sha- McVay has 77 wins since 2017. Since Kyle Shanahan got it, He's got 77 wins. More than the Niners? Yeah, more than the Niners. So the Niners have 72 wins. When we're including playoffs as well as regular season. 77 wins for the LA Rams during that time, and they got a championship. That that ain't like that's that, that that's the point, and I think you're you hit the nail on the head in terms of changing the perception ev around Kyle Shanahan because everybody wants to compare him to Andy Reid, and I get it because we just saw him head to head with Andy Reid in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but may I pose an alternative for you Kyle may. Shanahan? Dan Reeves. Mm. Dan Reeves. Look, here's the, Here's the thing. People don't Boy, remember the, irony people, in that. People one. don't remember Dan Reeves, but there is irony because <laughs> Mike Shanahan was yeah. one of his assistants way back when with Denver. But here's the thing. Dan Reeves went to his. First Super Bowl as a head coach when he was 42 years old, 1986. He had a quarterback named John Hill. 1986, from 86 to 89, they went to three Super Bowls in a four-year span. He also went to a Super Bowl with the Atlanta Falcons in 1998. Darren Reeves, 0-4 in the Super Bowl. So everybody wants to presume that Kyle is going to have some success because he's this whiz kid, one of the youngest coaches in the NFL, X's and O's genius on the offensive side of the ball. So was Dan Reeves. Mm.
1: Dan Reeves had one of the greatest football careers you'll ever see in your life I people not, wanna, no, not, I know I, you yeah. I know you're saying that. Yeah. I I think you bring up an interesting point because what you're taking is when people like me bring up he's he's Andy Reid in Philly, there's an indication that also means he's going to have his Kansas City career. Yes. And you're saying I can't make that leap yet because nothing has given me the indication that he's going to have the Andy Reid Kansas City career. Now to be fair, Andy Reid didn't give us that indication when he was in Philly that he was going to have the Andy Reid Kansas City career. Yeah,
2: but I think everybody's operating under the assumption because Kyle is so bright and because they've been to a couple of Super Bowls. And he is, and you've yeah, never said otherwise. Because they've been to a couple of Super Bowls since 2019, the last five years. Like, this is a, an eventuality. It's inevitable that he's going to break through and it's going to happen. Right. No, it's not. It's not inevitable. It's not It's not a fate of complete. No. And Dan Reeves' career shows us that. Dan Reeves was a hell of a coach. Dan Reeves no football. Dan Reeves no offense. Nobody can take that away from Dan Reeves, but Dan Reeves still ain't win a damn Super Bowl. And if the ultimate goal is to win a championship, there's no guarantee that Kyle is going to do that. Even though he has a long runway as a head coach, and he's one of the best and brightest minds the NFL has to offer.
1: Just out of curiosity, because I think it's a really interesting, unique comparison. Where, where did that like, where did that come from? Like, what well, what made you think of that? Because you just were like. I, I I'm not ready to say he's not gonna he's gonna get over the hump. I need to compare him to somebody because, who hasn't. Because
2: everybody is comparing. Like I mean, you look at all of these outlets. You look at some of our analysts. You look at other pundits. Everybody is saying, yeah, Kyle Shanahan, he'll eventually break through. And it might be a situation where he has to, you know, find his quarterback, find his Patrick Mahomes in order to get it done. But Dan Reeves had John Elway, he still didn't get it done.
1: Right. So you're looking at who's the list of guys? Dan Reeves, Marv Levy. Hall of Fame level, all-time great coaches, anybody Won
2: a lot of big games. Right. Won a lot of big games. But, but, and, they, didn't, but they didn't win the big one. But here's the other thing,
1: <laughs> and we want to get calls in on this at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 Can you be a big game performer without ever winning the big game? Like, is Chris Paul a big game performer? He's had a lot of good playoff games. How can you say you are? That's, the, the, that's why I'm is. asking the question. Yeah, Kyle Shannon is telling you he is. He's never won a Super Bowl as a hey, head coach. Here, here's the
2: thing: you can't be a self-proclaimed big game coach, and that's the problem with Kyle Shanahan. That's good. You can't. You can't then say, "Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm a I'm good in big games. We won a lot of big games." If somebody asks you the question, if you you have to say, "Hey, we haven't won the the the, the Super Bowl," and that's the ultimate goal each and every year. So by that standard, we we have failed, and that is our goal every single year. That that is the only way to answer that question. Not. We've won a lot of big games. Yeah, you won a lot of big games, but you haven't won the game at the end of the, the season that matters game. the most.
1: Yeah, the biggest game. Can you be a big game performer, coach, or player without ever winning the biggest of games? 8 to 8, say ESPN on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio.
0: This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: CC has said many of times that the Niners' window may be closing, which means other teams may be opening. We'll get to that in just a sec. Let's get some phone calls in at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 3776 A lot of reaction on what happened yesterday with Kyle Shanahan defending the overtime decision and claiming, you know, basically they're a big-game team now without winning a big game. Uh, Matt in Atlantic City on ESPN2. What's up, Matt? Yeah, good morning, Evan C.C. and Michelle. Uh, so we, we've seen, you know, Kyle Shanahan, he's a great mind, great scheming coach, but he was out coached by Andy Reid. That's plain and simple. And the thing is, I said this last week on air, I said Brock Purdy was, is going to be the outlier in the game. It was actually Kyle Shanahan. The 49ers had to overcome Kyle Shanahan. You know, now he's 0-3 in the Super Bowl. And I think he's going to pull an Andy Reid, and I think he's going to go somewhere else and win a Super Bowl. As much as to the, to the talent that the 49ers have, I think he goes somewhere else and wins. And I want to say this before I hang up. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. Evan, I'm going to be in Philly tonight
4: watching the, your Miami Heat break the Sixers' heart. Thank you guys very much.
1: I, I hope you're right about that. Great win last Last night at Milwaukee, typical Heat win. They had travel troubles. They had no Jimmy Butler, no Terry Rozier, no Josh Richardson, nobody playing. And, of course, they destroyed the Milwaukee Bucks. No problem. If everyone was playing for the Heat and they were home against the Pistons, they would have lost. But,
2: see, that's why you can't (laughs) trust the Milwaukee Bucks because they blew the doors off the Denver Nuggets two two weeks ago. I mean, two, two days, days ago, ago. Two days ago, something's weird. Something's
1: weird with the Bucks. It just you, it walk, ain't
2: right. well, you know what's weird? It's Doc Rivers as the head coach. Yeah, but it was weird. That's before weird. Then. That's weird. <laughs> weird before
1: them. Before then, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, but like the Kyle Shanahan versus Kyle Shanahan was a theme of our show last week. Yeah,
3: it, it was. But why do we assume that Kyle Reed, or Kyle Shanahan is going to be like Andy Reid and go somewhere else and win?
1: Because Andy Reid did. Just because Andy Reid did. Yeah, that's and you're right. It's illogical logic.
3: Yes, just- I've done
1: it, and it makes no sense.
3: I mean, we, we need to judge him based on what he has shown us, like the body of work and the data points from him. And I don't know why we think a change of scenery, given all the talent he's had in San Francisco, is all of a sudden going to make him win in a big game or coach differently in a big game. Yeah, right. and
2: right. everybody has the revisionist history. Remember, the Eagles fired Andy Reid. He didn't leave because he wanted to. They fired him. Yeah. They said, you got to get the hell out come to the loading dock to pick up your your, your effects from your office. Brutal. Like, like, like That's that's, the, that's how it went down in Philadelphia. Is that how it's going to have to go down for Kyle Shanahan before he can get a fresh start, before he can get over the hump? Like That's the question that you have to keep asking yourself, and I guess they're using Andy Reid to justify patience with Kyle that he'll eventually break through. But I just gave you the example of Dan Reeves. He never broke through with John Elway, and it wasn't as if John Elway was a quarterback that you couldn't win a Super Bowl with. Because one of Dan Reed's lieutenants, Mike Shanahan, ironically, actually did win two championships with John Elway. So, I I mean, that's the thing. I think we have to stop assigning that level of success to Kyle just because we've seen him in the big game twice over the last five years.
3: And I also don't want to take anything away from Andy Reid, but he went to Kansas City and got what we're calling the goat in waiting and yeah. Patrick Mahomes. I yeah. mean, for for the situations to be parallel, we're assuming that not only Kyle Shanahan goes somewhere else, but that he gets an all-time great quarterback in the yeah. second location.
1: Yeah,
4: yeah. easier said than done. 100%. Right. Uh, <laughs> Rob in
1: Michigan, listening on SiriusXM80. What's up, Rob?
4: Good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Good morning. I think uh, Chris might have touched on it um, earlier, but I think my biggest issue with Shanahan, you know, he's a great young coach, and I think that youngness kind of showed itself in the maturity in which he tried to handle these follow up conferences and you know, blaming his assistants and and not really taking any personal accountability. I think that's that's gonna go a long way in the locker room. I know Chris could speak to that better than I could, but I can't imagine walking back into that locker room with those guys is going to be easy after him going out in public and basically not taking any personal accountability for any other
2: situation. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Yeah, Rob, I'm a 1,000% with you. And that's why I said there's going to have to be a lot of mending fences when it comes to Kyle's relationship with his players. And, and that press conference did him no favors, Ev, in, in terms of being – said nothing. In terms of having some contrition for how things turned out. You are the head coach. Players are trusting you to, to choose the best path to victory for them. And after all of those players are hearing what we're talking about and then acknowledging that they didn't know the overtime rules, how can you feel confident that this coach is going to put you in the best position to win a championship moving forward? You can't. You can't. Like, And, he, and here's the thing. He's taking no responsibility. He's showing no accountability for his role – and that team losing that game, it made no sense to take the ball first in overtime. No matter what the analytics department tries to sell you on, no matter what the front office geeks are trying to sell us on, it, it, it's <laughs> it's just not real. It's it's a fugazi. It's not real, Smalls. And so I, I just think, as a player, what I want to hear from my coach is hindsight is twenty twenty. If I had it to do it again, I would have made a different decision. And that's on me. Players win games, coaches lose games. I'm the reason my team lost the game. At least as a player, even though that might not be factually accurate or all the way true, I can ride with that dude because because he's showing me that he's in it with me and he's going to take all of the slings and arrows even though we didn't play a perfect game. That's the responsibility of leadership. That's a head coach. Kyle Shanahan didn't display those qualities yesterday. And it's highly disappointing. And that's why I'm fading the San Francisco 49ers going into the upcoming season.
1: So let's go there. Okay, so this is we've had the disagreements on how long the Niners window is open for. You've said it's done, CeCe. I think it's open for another year. I think Smalls thinks it's open for one more year here, but to be determined. So let's just play this out. We know that the Kansas City window is open. Let's leave the Niners to the side. I think we have obviously discussed them a ton. Who else can we confidently say right now the window is open for potential title? Cincinnati Bengals.
3: Bengals, number okay. one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to throw the Chargers in there.
1: I agree. CC does not. Cause I laundry, don't trust the organization. <laughs> the organization. Which I understand.
3: The laundry yeah. gives you reason to pause. But you know what doesn't is Jim Harbaugh's record. Yeah. Yeah. And the success yeah. that he's had. So, Where okay. are we at on
2: the Detroit Lions?
3: The, the window is open.
1: Yeah. I'm not as confident as you guys list. are on there. But I'm fine. I'm fine putting that window slightly open. I'll close it quickly, though, if I see bad things from them this year, though.
3: I don't know why, but I expect Dan Campbell to learn from what happened in the playoffs I this do. year. I do. I I expect him to take what happened in Detroit blowing a 17-point lead and him to make sure that they don't make that mistake again. I don't know why. I just have that feeling about him.
2: I agree. Who else? Uh,
3: Houston? I put, I put Houston on the list, and I put the Packers on the list. Mm-hmm. Okay. I put the Bills on my list. Okay. I know you probably don't feel the same, Evan, but...
1: I need to see, like, I... I... The
2: Bills and and the Ravens are in that class, right? Ravens
1: I'm more confident in. I just feel like they'll be good. I want to see what the Bills do because all signs in my head – now, financially, it doesn't make sense. All signs in my head point to a breakup between Steph Diggs and Josh Allen. Yeah. And I want to understand what that means for the team, what they're trying to do, what they're leaning into and what they're not leaning into. Derrick Henry has become my placeholder for fixing teams, which (laughs) is not fair, but I want to see what team goes out there and pays for Derrick Henry. And the reason I say that – is if Buffalo pays for Derrick Henry, that means they're going to say, you know what, we're okay being run first and Josh being a complimentary piece. Same thing with Baltimore. You got a
2: 500-pound backfield between your quarterback and your running back. That
1: changes my (laughs) mind. By the way, what if if Dallas does it? What if Dallas does it?
2: (laughs) Yeah, you feel better about it. He changes my mindset on that window conversation. But here's why the Buffalo thing makes sense with Derrick Henry. Think about how close they came to ousting the Chiefs. And their formula, we're going to get big, we're going to bring in an extra offensive lineman to play tight end, and we're going to run the ball at you 40 times. Now, substitute James Cook. Who's a fine running back in his own right? Substitute James Cook in that scenario for Derrick Henry.
1: Yeah, it changes my mindset on them. And I and I don't and I think they would have to accept Josh Allen may not be our first option and that's not an insult if you have a Hall of Famer behind him in Derrick Henry. But if Josh
2: Allen is my number two option,
1: then like if, you, then you like feel if differently. we're talking about
2: it in NBA terms, yeah. if Josh Allen is my number two star, yeah, I'm fine with that.
1: I love. Cla- I'm fine with that. I love Clay Thompson as much as anyone. Clay as your number two is amazing in his prime. Clay is your number one. You start thinking, well, he can't dribble. Yeah. You start picking him apart. Yeah. So we seem to have a lot of teams that their window is open. When Kansas City's still there. Are we sure about this many teams? Because we have Houston. We have Cincinnati. We have Baltimore. Buffalo. We have Detroit. Green Bay. Are we not putting Dallas and Philly in there? They're not
3: on my list.
2: I don't trust them. Okay. I I don't trust I kept
3: San Francisco on my list. And as much as it pained me, I put the LA Rams on the list too.
2: That's where I was going to go next. The LA Rams. I mean, that was one of the youngest teams in football last Mm -hmm. year. You know what I mean? And, and coming back this upcoming season, they're the third youngest team based on the players that they have under contract. The L.A. Rams could be sneaky. I mean, you've got a quarterback that can win a championship. you got a pretty good receiver tandem with Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup. And you have arguably the best defensive player in all of football still with Aaron Donald, not to mention the guy that was in the running for defensive rookie of the year and Kobe Turner. Yes. So we got
1: good players on the L.A. Good Rams. Coaching. Good good coaching leaving, we're leaving out some teams here. Maybe on purpose, maybe by accident. Miami? They were out for me. Okay.
3: Beat somebody good, and then you're on the list.
1: Fair. No, they're a big game coach team. <laughs> oh, so, my God. Uh, by the way,
3: that's another reason that I really firmly put the Bills on the list, because I can't trust anybody else in that division.
1: The Jets, if Rodgers comes back?
3: not I can't no, go there yet. No.
1: The Browns, if Watson, let's say, is just an average quarterback? I got to see it. Okay. I couldn't go there. All right. We're not couldn't comfortable with that. Jacksonville?
3: Uh, they had a question mark on the list to me, but I couldn't go there.
1: I can't go there either. Okay. Um, Chicago, Caleb Williams, I guess we wait and see on that. Yeah, T B D. Minnesota if they bring Kirk Cousins back? T B D. Okay.
4: TBD.
1: I, I don't think we could put anybody in the NFC South, right? No. No. I
3: literally wrote don't feel great about any team in the NFC South. Yeah. The so
1: like Houston,
2: Cincinnati. So I, that's one of those contacts in your phone, do not answer. Yeah, don't, Just don't <laughs> pick it up. Do not answer. So right
1: now <laughs> we have Houston, Cincinnati, Baltimore, Buffalo, Detroit, Green Bay, split on San Francisco, and the Rams. Yeah. In that's, addition to obviously Kansas City. That's the So we have seven or eight they, teams. So where you, you we're unanimous on the Rams? Yes. Oh, I'm good with the Rams, yeah. I actually think you undersold one thing. You said they have a pretty good wide receiving core. I think if they restructure Cooper Cup they have a great wide-receiving quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, a, and not that that matters more than having a great quarterback, but they also potentially, if he's healthy, have a great quarterback.
2: And they actually have draft picks. <laughs>
1: yeah. What a novel concept. And a place that players are going to want to
2: play, And they've been draft, but I'm just, drafting I'm, well, too. But here's what I'm tripping it's off of. We're unanimous on the Rams, and we're not on the 49ers. And the 49ers were just in the Super Bowl.
3: I put them on the list.
2: Yeah. And so did I. I did not.
1: Coming up, <laughs> it's a Wednesday, which means our ESPN Power Rankings, Valentine's Day, Happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. And today, as we do each and every Wednesday, we, are, we do our ESPN personality draft power rankings where we pick a topic and then put ESPN personalities into that draft topic. Yeah, Today, most lovable ESPN personalities. Smalls is all decked out for Valentine's Day. She's got the pink and the red. She's I even do. got the Valentine's Day glasses. Yeah, right I there. mean, come on, Smalls. She's got the glasses. There she goes, the heart glasses.
3: They're really red, though.
1: Yeah. <laughs> did you not realize that when they were red glasses?
3: I did, but I had CeCe put them on during the break. You yeah. should try these on. All right,
2: let it's me good in, It's good in theory. I don't, I don't know that there's a lot of practicality behind it, though. Like it feels like it's a headache. How do to I look? <laughs> Good, you look great. You look ridiculous. You look which lovable. Which is the point? You look yeah. very lovable. But I just feel like if you wear them for a segment, you're gonna have a migraine headache because it's all red.
1: Do you want me to try it? To no, I don't. I don't it's want. To, really I don't want you to do that because I, I don't want to derail the show. True. But it is interesting looking at the lights because it's like a whole different studio. I know, here. Yeah, right? These red exactly. glasses—they no. are truly All right, who's going first? Glasses. Smalls is going first. Go ahead.
3: Okay. So we are allowed to take people that one another have selected, but once we pick somebody, they're off the board for us. Right.
2: That is correct.
3: And I was mining through the list last night to make sure that I hadn't selected my number one overall pick and I hadn't picked him yet. So I was thrilled to find out that Damian Woody was still on the board for me. How can that's you not one. love
1: Damian Woody? He was Damien on the board Woody. for me, too, so i got to cross him that's off He is by far <laughs> where is, my-
3: <laughs> the most lovable person at ESPN. Every time he joins us, he comes in in a good mood. He makes you laugh. He's so nice. He's so fun. He remembers things you told him, and he follows up on it. Just such a good person and a great hang. Damian Woody, number one overall lovable person for me. That's that's ESPN. a great
2: pick. And, I mean, anybody that can wear a red fur coat, I mean, you have to think that that person is lovable. That's I hope right. wherever he is today. Day, he's rocking the red for a quarter. I
3: hope he is, like, It is
2: Valentine's Day. Yeah. That would, yeah, I mean, that would be the assignment. So execute, Damien Woody. Um, <laughs> execute. I will, I, execute. I will. I will do your job. Uh, I will disagree <laughs> with you when you say he's the most lovable person at ESPN because I believe my number one pick is the most lovable person at ESPN, the nicest person in the world, and we had a chance to see her last week. The lovely Christine Lisey. Oh, Lise.
0: oh Great pick. Christi-
2: Great pick. Christine Lisi from pick. ESPN Radio does our Sports Center updates, and she is just phenomenal. And the best part, like, she's the nicest person in the world, but then she takes it to another level when she brings in the Lisi treats. Yes. The Lisi treats are absolutely Great phenomenal. Pick. I couldn't get enough of those last week. I mean, the fact that she brought them in on back to back days when we were up in Bristol, it was amazing. I mean, Christine Lisi, she is the absolute best. My number one pick for lovable personalities at ESPN. All right. My
1: number one pick is somebody I've literally never met, I've never spoken to, (laughs) and I've wanted to pick this person number one in about a 1,000 different drafts. She is the person that told the story on the air about the late, great Kobe Bryant, about being a girl dad, and... Every time I watch her on SportsCenter, listener, pod, whatever it may be, she says something funny. She could sing. She's a family person. L Duncan, number one overall in the most lovable ESPN personality draft. Now I've never met her nor spoken to her, but she just seems like somebody that I would sit down with and laugh the entire time.
2: You didn't see Elle last weekend? No. Oh, yeah. Elle
1: was up there, too. Yeah. No.
2: I didn't yeah. see her either. I Bummer. Said, oh, yeah,
3: I was,
1: well, we yeah, took an out and now we got ride. to bounce back. You took okay. an L. Exactly. There oh. you Exactly. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> snake draft, Smalls, or you're going?
3: The snake draft. Go okay. ahead. Okay.
1: My second one. I have a feeling I may steal from this guy, but Uh-oh. I've actually known this guy for a long, long period of time. Don't you do it. How don't do you it. not love Carlin? <laughs> Chris Carlin. Oh, that's oh, a good I, one. I,
2: we'll do a show with him, and you'll realize why you don't love him. <laughs> yeah, that's all you got to do. <laughs>
1: I love Chris Carlin. Do a a, a show, Chris Carlin. In my life, has helped me get many opportunities. He's a guy you could hug. You could talk about anything with. I love Carlin. So Carlin number two in my most lovable ESPN personality. That's
2: that's a great pick. I mean, you just told me it was a terrible pick. How how could you not like a guy that has a built-in helmet walking around every day?
1: <laughs> You're up, CC. <laughs> it's
2: hell trying to find a fitted cap for Chris Carlis. dome. I'm just putting the it. The Brian of Robinson it. one. My God. Yeah, exactly. With Washington. Exactly. All right. So my for my second overall pick, I'm going with a guy that everybody's familiar with, especially this time of year and in the coming months. This is a guy that, that has. A lot of interesting ways of phrasing oh, things. I I a very, very bubbly personality. I mean, he's some, a very bubbly personality. I don't know where you're really going there. Oh, I mean, he's a friend of the show. Uh. He chimes in on a lot of conversations that we have on the show. Oh, I know. And, where and, you're and this going. is my guy. I mean, listen, I love him from from here to the farm and back. Uh, I'm going it. with Buster Olney. Love How it. could you know. not love Buster Olney? Man. He is the absolute best. Robert Stanberry the Buster Olney. I I love it. I love it. I love it. That's
3: not
1: where I thought you were going, but I love the pick. Buster only.
3: Excellent choice. Love Buster only.
1: All right, Smalls, you got two.
3: Okay. So to round this out for me, uh, to remind everyone, Damian Woody, number one on Team Smallman, most lovable ESPN people. Number two, he has been picked by one of you two, not by me. It's Jeff Saturday. Nice. When Jeff Saturday comes in here and he starts saying, bro, I feel like I'm a bro. I feel like I'm (laughs) part of the team. You know, when he's breaking down football and he's like, bro. Can you believe that Kyle Shanahan did that? And Bruh. I'm like, I'm like, bro, I can't. <laughs> I just he, he, there's something about Jeff Saturday that makes you want to be his friend and want to be around him. That's why he's probably an amazing coach. <laughs> I,
1: I don't think I've ever said this to him, but I'm going to say it now on our show. When when Jeff Saturday got hired as head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, it stunned people, right? No. Yeah. Getting to know him at ESPN, I completely understand why they it. hired him as a head coach yeah, of the Colts. A hundred
3: percent. I would hire him
1: to run my life. Me He's too. amazing. Me this too. guy. Yeah. Great pick.
3: There's just something about his energy that makes you want to yeah. follow him into whatever he tells you to do. Um, and last but certainly not least for me. It's Doris Burke. Oh, nice. a great one. Nice. Who doesn't like Doris Burke? I well think done. she has a universal positive rating. Right Everybody one. loves Doris Burke. She is a legend. She is an amazing woman in this industry. Who's opened a lot of doors for people. Doris Burke rounds out my list.
2: Yeah. And here's the thing. My, my third overall pick, and this was, this was a nail biter. This came down to the wire. I, I mean, we had to tally up the votes. <laughs> we had to count them up. I mean, we had to double check them. I mean, this was really, really close with my third overall pick. But I have to go with the legendary Lisa Salters. Oh, good. Lisa Salters, I mean, she does the sideline reporting for Monday Night Football. She does the NBA on ESPN. She is just absolutely phenomenal in terms of her delivery, her information. Um, She's always objective, giving you the facts that you need to get you primed for whatever game that you're about to watch. And I haven't met Lisa in person, but by all accounts, one of the nicest people in the world. So Lisa Salter is my third overall pick.
1: All right, um, great one. It's interesting. The stylist
2: Lisa Salter's too.
1: We have it. Yeah, we have on always. Always. maybe the oh, an always. entire broadcast. So my last pick. I talk to a lot of young broadcasters a lot, right? Like having been a young broadcaster, small CC. Like we've all been there. You're talking to different people. I can't tell you how many times I hear from people, and they're like, "So and so is my mentor. He works with me." And I'm like, this guy's amazing, Mike Breen. Yeah, really, Mike That's Breen. So cool. I swear, every young broadcaster in America has been mentored by Mike Breen. That is, awesome. it's unbelievable. So how do you not love a guy that is at the top and trying to help others get there?
2: The double bang is iconic. It's iconic.
1: Stop! You the call the cop. <laughs> I'm just saying. You're saying. Wow. The, the, we're unsportsmanlike.
2: On
0: on <laughs> the ESPN one time Radio. where I'm not trying to be that way. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from six to ten a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel eighty. You can also watch on ESPN two and on ESPNu. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.